Hello, and welcome to the Aaron Werner Podcast on iCode Media. Today, I reminisced and thought about the success we've had in my practice in the last month, what has been some of the drivers of that success, and uh, some of the things that I think that uh, caused us to have the best month we have ever had on record. So we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to, to know your thoughts on what I think the drivers are. We'd love to know what drives you and your teams to achieve high success. Um, and always want you to be part of the conversation. So please share with a friend, leave a five-star review, leave a comment, and absolutely support those who support us. Discovering the impact of Life Meter this year has been truly transformative for motivating my patients with macular degeneration to embrace carotenoid supplements. With this non-invasive device, we can now quantitatively show that supplements are working. Life Meter assesses carotenoid concentration in the skin, reflecting fruit and vegetable intake, and indicating levels in other vital tissues like the retina and brain. Supported by over 30 peer-reviewed publications, LifeMeter's accuracy, consistency, and effectiveness have been validated in 2,000 subjects of varying background. What's more, it offers the flexibility to prescribe the best-suited products for each patient. My patients love knowing their numbers and witnessing improvements in as little as a month. Better yet, compliance with carotenoid supplements has surged, doubling our sales of MacuHealth since the LifeMeter's implementation. Hello and welcome to the Aaron Warner Podcast. I want to do something a little bit different today. I was on my run and uh, working out and contemplating and reminiscing over the last month. August was our best month ever at Warner Optometry. Uh, and best month by, by a long shot. I was thinking, why was it so good? Uh, I'm sure it was the exceptional leadership. That's what I would like to tell myself. Uh, but why was it so good? And so I want to just talk through some of the thoughts that I had on why it was good. Would love to hear your feedback. I'm not going to get into numbers because I don't want to make this a comparison between my practice and any other practice. Although if you're interested, I'm happy to talk with you about the numbers and go over numbers. I have no qualms about sharing those, but I think today it's about just what made a difference in August for us. And you, you need to know that coming off of uh, July was not our worst month of the year, but it, it certainly wasn't uh, uh, anywhere near the top. I think it was the, the second or third worst month of the year, and then August became the best month. So why was it the best month? Um, well, when I'm talking about best month, we're talking about just uh, gross collections. So again, hands down, best month we've ever had in gross collections. When we dive into the numbers a little bit, and, uh, and I love diving into the numbers. One of the things that I saw initially, and I think made the biggest impact, was our annual exams. So our managed vision care exams, um, the, the bread and butter of most optometry practices, certainly most private practice optometry practices, was up by 24% over our year-to-date average. So when I look at the average from January to July of 2023, August beat that average by 24%. And I think that had a huge impact on why we had the uh, the best month ever, but I don't think that was the only reason why it was the best month ever. Uh, some uh, some of 
others of our uh, some more of our our KPIs, our stats. Um, interesting. Our collections per exam, we track that. That's the revenue we bring in divided by the total number of refractive exams or annual exams that we have. Um, that was a little bit over average, but it certainly wasn't the highest of the year. Our exam capture rate was the second highest of the year. And I think this one's interesting because last month in July was the highest. Um, and we measure exam uh, capture rate by the total number of exam slots available. So if I'm working a uh, an eight hour day and I'm scheduling on the half hour, there would be 16 total exam slots available. And I'm calculating by exam, just the annual exam. Again, your 920X4, something that you would bill your managed vision care, or you can call it your refractive exam. Um, we, we base everything on that. I know there's lots of different uh, theories and philosophies on what you should measure and, and what could be measured. And I've got a whole lot of, uh, of different KPIs that we track on my Google sheet. But some of the ones that, uh, that we really focus on are, is our annual exam capture rate. And so our, uh, our capture rate, like I said, was the second highest of the year, last month being the highest. And I think that's important because we receive a lot of the revenue uh, this month from the work we did last month, certainly on insurance checks and whatnot. Now, those aren't huge because we do a lot of um, selling above what's covered in the optical. Uh, but there is a, a some check and revenue coming in there. Um, our frame capture rate was uh, 54%, and that's on par with where we've been for the year on average rate. Um, we do that just by looking at the number of frames that we've sold that month and uh, compare that to our annual exams or refractive exams. Our lens capture rate was 65%. Again, that was on par for the year. We break out lens and frame capture rate because I think it's important to look at both. I want to make sure that our opticians are, are helping patients um, first with getting updated lenses and obviously with, with getting more frames as, and newer frames as well. And, uh, and then I looked at the average optical sale and that was actually less than our yearly average, um, which I think is a good thing. And we'll, can, we can talk about that in a minute. So best month ever and uh, really the, the one outlier on our KPIs or our stats was that 24% more annual eye exams. And I think that that made the, uh, the biggest difference from a, I'm gonna say a tactical standpoint or just a, a number standpoint. The thing I think that made um, one of the other biggest changes was that we had some personal changes at the end of July with our team. We parted ways with a team member that uh, I don't think we were a good fit for her and she was a good fit for us. Um, no hard feelings at all, just you know, wrong person, wrong seat, uh, maybe even wrong bus. And so I wish, I wish that individual the best. Um, but we had uh, some personnel changes. We didn't replace her right away. In fact, the, the new employee started today. So we had a whole month where we didn't, uh, we were down a person, if you will. Um, but we, we saw some attitude changes with that team. And, and that can make a, a big difference. I think when, when the team is you know, more excited to come to work, they feel better at work. Um, there's not that little bit of rub, then it can make a difference. I was actually talking earlier today with a friend of mine who completed a Tough mutter, and we were laughing about the impact a little bit of dirt in your shoes when you're running a, a trail run can make. You know, you've got a, a, a miles and miles and miles and kilometers in front of you and uphills and downhills, but you get a little bit of dirt and sand and grit between your toes, and it uh, just has a totally different experience than when... Uh, when that rub's not there. So I think personnel can make a, a, a big difference if you've got somebody that just doesn't quite fit with the rest of your team. 
The other thing that we did is, and, and this is on me as a leader, and I'm a little frustrated that it took me this point in this year to have this realization and have this conversation with the team, but we adjusted our goals from monthly goals to daily goals. Now I still gave them a monthly goal. And when I look at monthly goals, I try to break them down myself to bite-sized individual pieces. You know, the, uh, the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And so I would give the team a, a monthly goal and not just a, a revenue goal, but how many exams we wanted, how many, what our, our sales would be. And we, we have uh, fairly detailed goals. Um, and I would put it on them to, to individualize those goals, to make those goals theirs. Um, and they're really good about sending out a daily email updating on the goals. And then during the day we have weave and they have weave conversation, uh, communications between them. I'm not involved in most of those. I think it's important that I'm not, although my office manager will clue me in on what the conversation is about. But, uh, but I left it up to them to create their individual goals. And, uh, and I hope that they, they got it. And, uh, you know, some months this, this year we, we hit it. Some months we were close. Some months we were way far away, but, uh, having July not be such a good month. Uh, I tried something different this month and, uh, and not only did I break down our daily goal or our monthly goals into a daily goal, um, and I implemented the phrase that we want to win the day. It doesn't matter what the month is. We just want to win today because all we can do is, is today. Um, but I, I broke it down even further for them on individual goals. So what does that look like? Well, on a simple analogy if, or example, let's say we have 10 an annual exams on the schedule and uh, we just tend to make the math easy. Well, our capture rate for lens pair sale goal is 70%. So if I have 10 annual exams on the schedule, we need to sell seven pairs of lenses to meet our goal that day. I've got three opticians. So each optician needs to sell two pairs. Now I don't care if one optician sells uh, uh, seven pairs to one patient, we've met our goal. Uh, I, I just, I, the, the goal is the numbers. Now I do care that one optician does all the work. I have three opticians, three opticians should be contributing. Typically one is going to uh, outperform the others. Uh, one is going to maybe not sell as many, but they do a little bit more uh, work in the lab, but uh, we need to sell seven pairs that day with three opticians. The math is that each sell two and somebody comes up with that, uh, that third sale to hit seven. Our goal if for frames is 60%. So of those 10 annual exams, we need six frame sales between the three opticians. The math there is easy. So each of them have two. Beginning of that day, every optician now knows what their marching orders are, if you will, or their goals are individually for that day. It makes it a whole lot easier than if we said, hey, we want a 70% capture rate. What does that look like? Sometimes that math or that, the, the getting to that daily goal, that individual daily goal is a little bit too far away or too, I don't want to say complicated because it's not complicated, but the, the, the dots may not be connected. And so breaking it down to, hey, opticians, two pairs of lenses and two frames, right? Now it's not four sales total. It could be just two sales, but I need each of you to sell two frames and each of you to sell two pairs of lenses. Contact lens exams, 30% is our goal. That works for us. And so of those 10 patients, we need three contact lens exams, techs, Pay attention to that. Talk to patients about it. Tee up the doctors for success. 
Uh, doctors are well aware of. We have a team effort on all of these. And, uh, and we break down these goals, so on and so forth, for daily medical consults, uh, dry eye. Um, we try not to do medical consults during our uh, annual or routine comprehensive exams. We believe those are for finding and, and diagnosing you know, abnormalities and, uh, and then rescheduling patients to come back so that we can do a much thorough and, and comprehensive and better job managing and diagnosing the, uh, the medical issues. So it seems really simple. Uh, when we first talked about it, team was on board. And the first couple of days, they, they did better, but they still weren't quite hitting their goals. When we took a step back and said, why? What we found is that they were being incredibly reactionary. And, and it makes sense, right? You show up today, what's on the books for today? Let's, let's drive in for today. Um, lots of teams talk about having a, a, a team meeting at the beginning of the day or... Um, yeah, maybe twice a day when the team gets together and talks about, uh, you know, planning that day, what it looks like. Um, what we realized is that was too late for us. By the time we got there, we, you know, we, we were reactionary. We weren't sure um, that we had fully prepared ourselves mentally or, or physically uh, for the patients that were coming in that day. What made a difference for us is when we started looking at least a day out. So, you know, here's what we have today, but what's coming in tomorrow? And let's make sure we're 100% ready for tomorrow. Uh, that involved looking at, in the optical, the opticians looked at what the, the patients coming in tomorrow, what they had bought previously in the optical. You know, were they someone who uh, historically only wanted what the insurance covered and we were only able to, to sell them uh, a little bit more of what they needed? Um, were they somebody that consistently bought uh, two pairs of frames? And if that's the case, then what can we do to sell three? If they were somebody who bought uh, higher end frames, are we ready to show them some of the newer frame lines that we brought in, the Oliver Peoples, the whatnot, so that they can uh, can be excited about those? Uh, we talked to the technicians about looking at patients that uh, were already wearing contact lenses. Right? Those are easy wins. We don't need three new patients if we have 10 coming in that are contact lens patients. We just need three contact lens exams. So if you've already know who your, your easy toss-ups are, it makes the day a whole lot easier and you know who can who you can focus at for the uh, the others. Also being sure that we knew why they were coming in because sometimes a patient called and said, I need an eye exam. We scheduled them for an annual eye exam and they really needed a, were having a red eye or they were having uh, flashes and floaters. They didn't understand to communicate that properly when they called and just said, hey, I need an eye exam. So let's make sure that we're we're ahead of, you know, prepared ahead of time. That even involved calling and getting a chief complaint ahead of time and taking medical history ahead of time so that we were fully prepared for that patient when they came in. By the way, that also helped a ton with efficiencies and the speed of the exam once the patient uh, came in. And the speed's important because we wanted to get that patient back out into the optical in a timely manner so the opticians can uh, finish the exam with them in a... Uh, and relaxed, you know, not stressed for time type of uh, environment. They could answer their questions. They didn't have to, uh, to feel like they were rushing the patient. The patient didn't feel like they were being rushed. What really made a difference for us was on the doctor side. And I think sometimes we can, uh, as doctors, uh, heavily focus on, on our staff and what they're doing well and what they could be doing better. Now, recently I was at a business of optometry meeting in, um, in Houston, Texas at the vision source 
uh, meeting, one of the events that, uh, that I'm involved in putting on. And the question was asked of the group. We had about, oh, I think we just under 50 people in the room. When do the doctors look at the patient's chart? I thought it was an interesting question and was curious to hear what the answers were. The most common answer that we got back was right before they walk in the room. And I'll admit I'm guilty of that more often than I care to be. But I, I look at the chart, you know, right before I walked in the room to see what I was going to walk into and, and dealing with. Um, the, the second common answer was they were, you know, looking at the charts uh, the morning of to see what was happening. I thought that was really interesting because as a, an athlete from high school on, we studied our opponents for a week leading up to a match with them. We, we watched their offense, we watched their defense, we knew what their strengths were, we knew what their weaknesses were, and we tried to match those strengths and weaknesses as an athlete to the strengths and weaknesses of our own so that we were prepared when we stepped on the field. In my case, it was when I stepped on the wrestling mat. We wanted to know exactly uh, what our game plan was. Now, certainly the game plan can change in the middle of the game, but we wanted to really know what that game plan was so we were prepared. And I think that's interesting that, that athletes, you know, watch film and, uh, and prepare for their opponent. But as professionals, maybe we don't always do the same thing. Um, so we, uh, we talk to our, our doctors, we've got four doctors in the clinic as part of our team. We run uh, two doctors at a time, but we talked to all our four doctors and said, Hey, we need you to start looking at your patients the day ahead of time, just open each exam look at what the past diagnoses were, look at what you ordered them to do for the next time, whether you ordered additional tests, maybe they did it, maybe they didn't do it, maybe their follow-up wasn't okay. And um, not just for your, your annual comprehensive exams, but everybody on your schedule, just look. And if you wanna make a plan, make a plan, but just look and read over. So at least you have an idea of what you're coming in for tomorrow and what's waiting for you tomorrow. And then when you come in tomorrow in the morning, look at it again double check, make sure you've got a good game plan. And that's the time to, to communicate with the technicians, communicate with the rest of the office as to what your game plan really is. If there's someone that you need to talk to longer, um, you know, figure out how to save some time before then or after then with the other patients so that you have that extra five minutes or 10 minutes with patients that you want to talk to. Maybe they're talkers, maybe they're friends and, uh, and whatnot. So, but just, just have a plan going in and then make sure that that plan corresponds to the goals of the office because the doctors are an important cog in that wheel, but they're, they're a cog in that wheel. Um, they're leaders, but in our office, everybody's a leader and everybody has individual responsibilities and we either win or we lose as a team. So really prepare yourself to, to win that day. And, uh, so I thought it was, it was an interesting comment when asked of the group, when do they look at the chart? And again, most commonly was when I'm walking in the room, um, we've tried to, to change that. Can't say that we're the best at it um, consistently all the time. I can't say I'm the best consistently all the time, but, uh, but I do make a concerted effort and I, I, I know that it makes a difference when we have those, those patients uh, in the room. And then the other thing we, uh, we looked at because the team got really excited and said, okay, we're, we're doing well. We're winning the day. We're winning the day. Every day we're winning. This is great. This is fantastic. By the way, they made a lot of money on bonus this month. And, uh, and so the excitement built and built and built. Well, what I noticed is they started trying to control things that they weren't really able to control. 
And one of the things that they, uh, they weren't able to control was uh, available exam slots that day. And what's that? So a patient, you know, cancels the night before because maybe they're not feeling well, or we just weren't able to fill the three o'clock uh, exam slot. And so they show up in the morning and that ex exam slots uh, available because we look at the stats so much, we recognized that the, the number one driver, at least in our practice, and I think this is the case for most private practice optometry offices, but in our practice is the number of annual exams. If I can, can get an annual exam in and the, the better we do with our annual exam goal, uh, the better our, our revenue. We see a direct correlation every time we measure it. So they would look at the day and say, oh my goodness, we've got two slots open this afternoon. And they would try to fill it and they would try to fill it. And I don't know about you, but in my personal life, I don't have a whole lot of free time that's just not accounted for. And so even when they called patients that were on the, the cancellation list or the wait list, or if you've got something available, um, very rarely were those patients available at the times that we, we had them. Now, certainly there were patients that called and said, can I come in that day? And we would get excited and cheer and say, absolutely. Three o'clock, it is yours. But, um, but as a rule, those, those exam slots were hard to, uh, to fill. What we were able to do better was fill exam slots two or three days out. And when a patient called or, uh, more commonly, we've now tried to train our patients to text cause leave is fantastic. And it takes about half the time for us to schedule an exam, uh, via texting that it did over the phone. I don't know. Maybe that's a conversation for later, but certainly something that, that has worked for us. But we would try to schedule those appointments um, to fill the slots within the next couple of days is rather than today. And uh, I didn't want them feeling bad if they weren't able to, to fill the slots for today. So the only time we didn't win the day, we didn't focus on winning the day, was my scheduling coordinators because their day they were trying to win was the rest of the week, you know, or beginning of next week if it was a Thursday or Friday. Uh, and that was their wins, trying to fill the the most recent or upcoming soonest available uh, exams that we had. Um, and part of that was an interesting concept as well, because instead of asking patients, Hey, when, when would you like to come in? They just started offering the next available. And it was amazing how uh, receptive patients were when we said, Hey, I've got something, you know, today's Wednesday. I've got something on Friday at 11 o'clock. You know, can I put you down for that? Or I'm going to put you down for that and waited for the patients to say, okay. And, uh, and it was surprising how, uh, flexible patients were when we gave them, uh, the, the slots that we wanted them to fill as opposed to us saying, well, what do you want? I don't know if that relates at all to when my wife and I have the, what do you want to have for dinner conversation? But in our house, that conversation goes around in circles. Um, typically we end up with, uh, either Mexican food or uh, we're both big fans of Himalayan food. There's a great little restaurant down the street from us. Um, so we end up eating carne asada burritos or uh, Himalayan food, both of which are fantastic. Um, but it's, it's a long conversation to get to that point. And we wanted to try to eliminate that with, uh, with our staff. And so when patients uh, would call, we would try to give them the, you know, offer them the, the next available slots as opposed to saying, when do you want to come in? And that was the, uh, the not winning the day, but winning, you know, the rest of this week or winning next week attitude we tried to instill in our scheduling coordinators. So, um, again, thoughts on, uh, on why we did so well this last month. Um, and it wasn't because of me, 
Uh, it was because I have a, a fantastic team. Um, but I, I think that the team, we got marching together, we got all on the same page and we got them working together and changing the mindset from winning the month, which is a long time. There's two pay periods within that month. Uh, something can happen within that month. There's a whole bunch of, I got to fill up my car with gas and in California it's over five bucks. So that's a lot of pain points that month. Um, it's back to school. There's a lot that happens in a month, but I can win today. And, and today's very doable. Um, I also like that winning today makes the goals uh, attainable today and not averaged over a month because some days we have longer days. Some days we're running two doctors at a time. Uh, some days we're on Fridays, we close early. So it's harder to, to hit a, the same revenue goal or sales goal on a Friday than it is on a Wednesday. But if we set up Friday for success, we set up Wednesdays for success. It makes it a, a whole lot easier to obtain and it makes it a whole lot easier to celebrate the wins. And what happens when you don't win that day? Uh, nothing bad happens, right? Nobody loses their job. Um, it's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to look back and say, Hey, where could I have, have done differently? Where were the opportunities that we could have, have done differently, but ultimately looking to win the day. And when you start winning the day, you end up more likely to win the month. And uh, when I wrestled, I didn't try to win a match. I just tried to win each period or I tried to win the next 30 seconds and the next 30 seconds. I didn't play football, but my kids did. And watching them play football, you just try to do your job and win each down on offense. As long as you move the ball forward, uh, for the most part, you were pretty good on defense. As long as you kept them from moving the ball forward, you did pretty good and you were able to win each play. And if you didn't win the play, you came back and you tried to win the next one. So would love your thoughts on, on how you view your practices, how you look to, uh, to, to motivate your teams, how you use goals to interact with each other, uh, and, uh, and how you use the metrics to interact with those goals, how you tie in the, the culture and the, the, the warm fuzzies, the excitement, uh, the emotion, the energy that, uh, that our teams need with the cold hard facts of sales and numbers and, and goals and whatnot. So if this uh, resonated, please share. Um, want to thank uh, uh, a lot of my mentors and, and colleagues for, uh, for helping me get to this point. I certainly didn't come up with this on my own and my spreadsheets and my goals, and my KPIs continue to, uh, to change. Um, I want to give a lot of credit to Chris Wolf and iCode education. I remember talking with him about the, the total patient care model, which really has that comprehensive or annual exam as the, the center. Um, and then that drives all your, all of our other profit centers, um, our, our optical sales, our contact lens sales, our medical sales. My partner is a, um, is really uh, into and is, has uh, taken full advantage of uh, dry eye and all the offerings in dry eye. And so we focus on, on building our dry eye suite, uh, doing a lot of research, um, but it all starts with the, the annual exam because that's what brings patients ultimately into the practice. And then from there, we can do a better job of taking care of them. So give us feedback, let us know what you think, and uh, look forward to connecting next time. <laughs>